Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Be Her Village podcast. My name is Caitlin Legreas, and I'm the founder of Be Her Village. Be Her Village is an online gift registry for what moms really need, support, not stuff. We're talking to providers and people who care for moms in their pregnancy, their birth, their postpartum. We're talking to real moms and hearing their stories and really just getting into all the good stuff that comes along with new parenthood. So check us out, tune in, and let us know what you think. Hey, everybody. I'm Janelle, and we are Be Her Village. We're a gift registry for parents to register for the funds they need to pay for their support services. So just like you'd ask your grandmother or your mother-in-law to contribute to your stroller, your pack-and-play, or your baby swing with 57 speeds, you can now register for doulas, lactation consultants, or pelvic floor help. You can create your free registry at BeHerVillage.com. Officially, over $30,000 have come through Be Her Village and into the pockets of new parents, which is so exciting because that means more and more parents are getting the support they need when they need it. In today's episode, Caitlin McGrath, founder of Be Her Village, talks with Shravya Cavella, pelvic floor PT and business development manager for Flight by Pelvital. They're helping women with pelvic pain and urinary incontinence by providing resources for physical therapy as well as their tool called Flight which helps you make lasting changes in your pelvic floor in just a few minutes per day. Peeing while you sneeze does not have to be your life, and we're going to just keep saying this and saying this until everybody understands that. And no matter if you've had one kid or five, and if you're two weeks or ten years postpartum, there's hope for you and your pelvic floor. I'm going to link all of their info in the show notes. They have great information on their website, on their YouTube page, and their tool sounds pretty amazing. So I'm excited for everybody to hear about it. So please share this episode with everyone you know so that they can all learn about pelvic floor health. And thank you for your continued support. We are, as always, so grateful. Enjoy the episode. I'm Shravya Cavella. I'm a pelvic floor physical therapist. I also have my board specialization in orthopedics. Um, So that is kind of what I do on the clinical side. That's where my training uh, began, and I treat clinically part-time currently as well. Uh, And then I'm also the business development manager at Flight by Pelvital. Awesome. I love it. And that's actually how we ended up on this podcast together, because we are talking about the... I mean, we're going to talk about all of it, right? It's not just about the product that you guys have that I am so excited to learn more about and to talk more about. But I think there's just like, I have talked to pelvic floor therapists on this podcast before, and I will continue talking to pelvic floor therapists until every single childbearing person of any age, like, isn't peeing their pants. I feel like could we need a t-shirt like just we're not going to stop until everyone stops peeing their pants because it's sort of like an unsexy topic but it is so pervasive and I think we need to talk about it and talk about it and talk about it some more about the fact that people are peeing their pants, people are having pain, people are having discomfort during sex and that like most importantly like it's happening but it's mm-hmm. common it's not normal. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to happen. Like becoming a mother doesn't mean you have to have these horrible, debilitating, sh- like filled with shame, sort of embarrassing symptoms for the rest of your life. So let's talk about it. I'm just, I'm so excited that there's like a solution and that there's more awareness. And I'm so happy to use Be Her Village and our podcast as a way to to add any sort of awareness. If we even get one person, you know, that hears this, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness, oh, I'm not supposed to be peeing, you know, but not just peeing any, but like when you sneeze, when you run, when you jump, when you cough, that sort of thing. Um, So yeah, so let's dive into it. If you don't mind, can you give me a little history on like how you get drawn into this pelvic floor work? How did you end up here? Yeah, absolutely. So my story is probably similar to many other pelvic health therapists out there. I feel like to become passionate about something, generally something happens in your life that leads you to to be drawn to that. Not always, but in my situation, um, like I said, I did my residency in orthopedics. You know, I was very passionate about just helping people see them visually improve, getting to know my patients, um, which is one of the things I love about being a PT. And then One day I was in a workout class. I teach dance fitness and I was like doing the squat pivot thing and I just heard this pop 
Ooh. And I was like, oh, shoot. I just knew right then. I was like, my labrum, like the cartilage in my hip, Ooh. it's done for. Pops are and never I, good. We're not supposed to be popping. <laughs> pops are never good, you know, especially painful pops. And so I was like hobbling around for, I mean, at least eight weeks. And, wow. you know, as a PT, I'm on my feet all day. And at the time I was treating full time. And so, um, yeah, I just, you know, had this hip labral tear and it gradually got better. But then one of my colleagues and friends was like, has anyone ever checked out your pelvic floor? Because by the way, like that can be really related to hip pain. Um, and she started asking me all these questions, you know, like, have you had a history of constipation or bowel movements painful? Have you ever had any pain with tampons? Like, do you have urinary issues? And I was like, oh my gosh, all these checkboxes are being checked that I've dealt with for years. And I've had doctors in the past just be like, you're young, like do some Kegels, oh my you know, God. Oh, or like, oh, don't worry no. about it. It's going to get better. Like, and for me, you know, they were like, you haven't had kids, like it's probably fine. And so here I was just had no idea that those actually meant that there was something going on in my pelvic floor. So of course I had, you know, she did an assessment on me and it was like, oh my gosh, there was so much going on there. Um, and from there I was just kind of hooked. Like I started getting treatment myself and I saw my hip pain that had gotten to like 80% better, but hadn't really fully improved. It got fully better once I started treating my pelvic floor. Wow. Um, and then I just, I'm like so passionate about it because I still do, yeah. do deal with chronic pelvic pain issues as many, many women and men do. And um, I started taking the courses and once I like learned what normal, quote unquote, normal, optimal, I should <laughs> say, right? Normal. Like what is normal? Yeah. <laughs> Totally. Um, but like once I started learning that, I was like, oh my gosh, there's just so much that I as a clinician don't know and want to know. And even like the more I learn these days, the, mo the more I treat, you know, the more there is to know. And it's just there's such a need. And the fact that it took me like I mean, from when I first started having my first like pelvic pain symptom, like tampons were always painful for me mm -hmm. when I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, it had been what, like 18 years or 15 years by the time I got anyone to actually talk about it with me. And I'm not, I'm not a rare story. Shramia. You know? Oh my God. So like some days, and I'm sure all of us feel this like, like some days I'm like, why am I working this hard? You know, why am I doing this? This is hard. Yeah. I should be doing something way easier. And then what I'm feeling as I'm listening to your story is like the bubbling up of like, this is why we're doing what we're doing. And it's not just about pelvic floor. In your story, I heard a person who sought out help for an issue and was dismissed for 18 years. Mm -hmm. And you were dismissed because because you're a woman, quite frankly, that's a big part of it. Yeah. Women are dismissed so often. But there's also this other piece of like, when doctors don't know, they don't say, I don't know. They say, well, you're fine. Or, oh, you're just a hysterical lady. You should just mm -hmm. go take time down, do some meditation. And it's like, this, the reason why I love talking about the pelvic floor, even though it's still totally admittedly like a complete mystery to me, like I feel like I know what it is and I also at the same time no idea what it is, but that's okay, um, is that it is like this key to our health that once you unlock, it's like you sort of can't unknow how it relates to everything else because the pelvic floor as described to me, and I would love for you to, I love on this podcast to represent sort of the, the like, I don't actually know. And that's why I like to talk to the experts about it. Yeah. The pelvic floor is like this place where everything, every huge muscle group in our body comes together in this mm -hmm. and is attached to our pelvis. And that basket of muscles impacts every single system. And that's why like, it might feel surprising for someone to listen. It surprises me listening to your story like, oh, you had hip pain from like obviously a dance injury. Why would anyone recommend pelvic floor therapy? That's really weird, you know? Right. But it's like this key to like understanding how our bodies function and then helping them function better is understanding pelvic floor health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think you made such a good point too. Like a lot of times doctors – they specialize, right? Like I, I'm not someone who can deliver a baby and I don't claim to be, you know, like that is not my place. I can help you with the birth prep and educate you and do all that good stuff. But 
I'm not going to deliver your baby. Like, don't put me in that position. But there are amazing doctors out there who do and amazing midwives. And just like, you know, you have doulas who are helping people. I mean, there's just so many um, providers and people in the field who can help. And what we need is more collaboration. And unfortunately, you're so right. Like what we hear is it's kind of like when you hear that surgeon, right? Like I always think the best surgeon is going to be the surgeon that's like, hold up get a second opinion because I want to make sure that like you need what I'm recommending, you Mm -hmm. know? And I always tell my patients, I'm like, if your doc is not afraid of a second opinion, like that's a good doctor because they're not just trying to make money off of you. They're giving their, you know, their recommendation based on their education and their specialty as they should, but they're totally open to collaborating with other providers to figure out like what's best for you. And that you as a person are part of that decision team. And it just kind of made me think about, I was writing this article today, I'm working with our other public PT on staff, and we uh, were doing some research. And there's a statistic out there that actually from ACOG, um, like the the gynecology organization. And what they said is is 40% of women actually don't show up for their postpartum care visit. Mm-hmm. And there's just like, I mean, that is shocking. Like, it is wild that it's that large. And there's so many barriers in the way, right? It'd be so easy to be like, oh my gosh, why don't you just go to your appointment? But there's like, time is an issue. Finances is an, is an issue. I um, care for your older children. Uh, oh my gosh. Yes, exactly. To totally blunt about it. A lot of people don't go because the care that they get in that visit is like, hi, how are you? Are you in one piece? And let me do a cervical exam. Cool. Resume everything, all of your exercise, all of your sexual function. Like it's the visit is underwhelming is the most correct way I can put it. But it's, 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 so what is even the point of doing that, that all the struggle that it takes for a new mom to get to that appointment. And oftentimes that appointment comes at six weeks postpartum. You have lived like five lifetimes in the time from having your baby to your six-week postpartum visit. There's just an incredible transformation, both emotionally and spiritually and like relationship-wise and functionally in your day-to-day, but also physically so many things have changed that by the time you get there, but it's it's sort of, that's an incredibly alarming number. I didn't know that statistic. are saying what little care I have access to. I'm, I'm either opting not to go or I can't even access that little bit of care. For sure. And I mean, you make such a good point too. Like here we are, whether it's a cesarean, a vaginal delivery, like whatever is going on in your birth process, like it is a big deal. And the fact that if we get shoulder surgery and we like, your surgeon and your doctor and your PA and your PT are all screening, like, is your range of motion enough to clear you to not even like play tennis? I mean, that's one, but clear you to like reach overhead. Mm. But here we are. And especially during COVID, a lot of women were like, you know, a lot of people who were having kids were doing their follow-ups on Zoom and then just hearing kind of like, okay, well, you know, listen to your body and just just keep going. Like you're good to return to your marathon running process. But in what world would we like prescribe something without actually looking at the muscles and how they're functioning? Like, I'm not going to tell you to do, I don't know, like bench press a certain amount of weight unless I screen that you're doing it properly and you're lifting a certain number, you know, you're strong enough to lift a certain amount of load or whatever it is. And it's, we just don't have that standard, unfortunately, for pelvic floor. And there's a lot of people who, you know, either want to seek care or don't know, you know, want to seek care and don't know where to start or kind of have heard things about the care that they're going to get and feel that it's either too invasive, too uncomfortable, or they just feel like it's not worth it, mm-hmm. you know? And that's really challenging because where do you go from there? Then you have kind of this group of really motivated women, like looking up things online, seeing awesome content on like social media. So, so blown up, which is amazing. Um, and you know, I have patients, I work in a clinic where moms come to me and they're like, I just, called you and booked an appointment because my provider didn't say I needed this, but I think I do. I'm like, go girl, like good for you, you know? But then you have this other group of amazing women who are living their, you know, crazy lives and doing everything that they can, but they just 
don't have access or they don't know that they need it or they're like, I really want to go do this, but I have to take care of all my kids and I work this really busy job or... And they're not prioritizing themselves. I mean, I am like the queen of preaching, you know, self-care and absolutely doing none of it myself. So I'm not... I'm with you. But like, it's it's really hard to prioritize yourself. I want to go back to something that you said just because it needs to be underlined and and exclamation pointed is that if you have any other surgery in this or not even surgery, like health event in this country, any other, in any other field, you are getting therapy afterwards, whether it's Mm -hmm. physical therapy, occupational therapy, mental health therapy, like there is a follow up procedure for any major health event in every other area except for birth. Mm-hmm. I had a C-section with my first and I remember being like, wow. Okay. So I just had major surgery, which they, on the bill, by the way, from the hospital, it listed it as the line item was minor surgery. And I was like, oh my gosh. You're like, it was not minor. <laughs> it feels like a big one. <laughs> but like, on, I was not only not cared for, I was in charge of somebody else. And I was like, if I had, if I had knee surgery, if I had something else, any normal sort of non-child related surgery, I would have been cared for in the hospital for longer. I would have had arranged so much more care for myself at home and the system would have provided it. And I would have gone to a follow-up appointment way sooner than six weeks. And I would have been handed a script for PT automatically. And my insurance would have covered it. And there's just this incredible, like part of what I want everyone listening to this to know is like, if you didn't get PT or you didn't know about PT, it's not your fault. Like our country is so far behind every other country in every other country women are getting pelvic floor pt just handed to it's like candy it's like oh you're pregnant cool go get some before your baby and then after your baby come back and we'll give you some more because it's just an understanding of like as if you would have to like get your knee replaced you would get pt well you just had a baby so you're gonna get some pt and it it's not a big deal it's covered by insurance it's accessible to everyone and they just do it and in america we don't even know what our pelvic floor is like i am one of those people that like for an embarrassingly long amount of time considering i was a doula too like i just didn't really know i still it feels very mysterious not alone though you know it's unbelievable and so So it's just like, we have to change that entire conversation to like, it's not an extra thing. And it's not even necessarily a thing that people should go do once they have a symptom. It's like, this should be a thing that you just do. If you're getting pregnant and having a baby, and honestly, if you're not anyway, probably when you're like 35, you should just get a check in, right? Yeah. Um, Shravi, I would love for you to talk a little bit, if you can, you're, you're the expert. I want everyone to hear you talking about it. Like, what actually happens to our pelvic floor during pregnancy and during childbirth that necessitates the recovery that necessitates like, Oh, this is the event. Like how is the pelvic floor involved in pregnancy and birth? Yeah, absolutely. So to start off a little big picture, I think you actually, for saying that you don't know a lot about pelvic floor, I feel like you actually said it perfectly earlier (laughs) when you were like, it is kind of the core of our body. Like think about where your pelvic floor muscles are. So for those who don't know, it's basically a group of muscles that go from your pubic bone all the way back to your tailbone. And then as well from sit bone to sit bone. So I almost think of it like as a hammock or a sling that lives at the bottom of your pelvis. So these muscles do a lot for us. I mean, if you think about where they are, they're kind of like the crossroads between the top half of your body and the bottom half of your body. So we can hold a lot of tension in these muscles. These muscles can become very weak over time. I mean, they're muscles just like anywhere else in your body. So for example, with pregnancy, when you are pregnant, your posture is going to change significantly. That's generally what we see um, because your center of mass is totally changed. I mean, you're growing this gorgeous baby and your uterus is getting larger. It might be pressing on different parts of your organs. There's only so much space in your pelvis. And as your baby grows larger, all of that space is getting, like everything in that pelvic space is going to get compressed. Things have to shift around. And that pelvic floor at the base of your pelvis has to support 
support all of that growing load. And so our pelvic floor, it plays a role in supporting our organs. It plays a role in the stability of our spine and our pelvis. So if our posture is really changing, a lot of times you'll kind of end up, yeah, exactly. Like you see it on the video. <laughs> yeah, I kind of call it like the hairdresser stance, like nothing against hairdressers, but you know, you're kind of like lean the sway back a little bit. You're trying to get all the hairs cut. Like that is often what we see with our pregnant moms. And a lot of that ends up leading to, you know, um, people will develop hip pain or back pain because of those postural changes. But our pelvic floor can become very tight because of that. It can become weak over time, um, especially if we're losing strength in the muscles around our, our pelvis. But it's basically doing a lot to support us during that whole time as our body changes. And then during the childbirth process, what needs to happen um, is, you know, as you know, like the pelvis needs to open to allow the baby to engage and to descend in through in the pelvis and out of the pelvis. And what our pelvic floor needs to be able to do is actually to lengthen so that our, our, pelvis can essentially open up because again, if we think about where those muscles are, they connect to the bottom of our pelvis. So if we don't have a good range of motion, meaning there's a lot of focus on the word Kegel and Kegel is important. I think that we have kind of missed the mark in that there's like kind of this whole group of people who are like, Kegels are bad. And then there's this ginormous group of people who are like, only do Kegels. And I, I'm here to say is that Kegel means you turn on your muscles and you turn them off. Mm. It is both a squeeze and a lift and a lower. It's kind of like if I'm doing a bicep curl, I'm not just going to do the bicep curl and hold the weight like with my elbow bent forever. I have to let go too, right? Yeah. So that's where kind of I want people to know like during pregnancy, a lot of people will kind of be doing Kegels throughout. But what we know is that yes, we want your pelvic floor muscles to be strong, but we also want them to be able to stretch and lengthen to allow that baby to come through. Um, and then of course, you know, we all have a birth plan, but childbirth happens and whatever happens, happens. Yes, it does. And it's all great, right? It's all going to work out. Um, but a lot can happen during childbirth that can impact your pelvic floor muscles. Uh, there can be misconceptions that a vaginal delivery is the only thing that's going to impact your pelvic floor. Cesareans can too, C-sections can too, because your pelvic floor works very closely with your abdominal muscles, with your glute muscles, your back muscles, how you breathe. So if you have a cesarean as well, that can also lead to issues with your pelvic floor. So what can happen during childbirth is, you know, there's so many things. It could have some tearing, episiotomies can contribute to that. So depending on how the pelvic floors are impacted, the other thing to remember, too, is a lot of times the issues that we have postpartum, if we have issues with our pelvic floor, can generally be due to things that might have been going on with our pelvic floor beforehand that we didn't really know about. Mm. Like, I'm a perfect example, right? Like, I had this stuff going on with my pelvic floor that I didn't know until it got to this point where it impacted my hip. But if, you know, if I were to get pregnant and have a baby, like, I would have a very tight pelvic floor that would have a hard time lengthening during childbirth and I might be at an increased risk for tearing mm. unless I were to address that beforehand. Oh my god, that alone, if the pelvic floor being properly like balanced is one of the answers to reducing tearing, I feel like there's so many good reasons to pay attention to your pelvic floor, but that mm -hmm. alone is like I just need that. It's like okay, yeah. Tell me all right, tell me how to fix it. <laughs> yes. Okay, so one of the things oh that you can goodness. do That's like a deep seated fear of so many pregnant people. Is Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean what we know is that what happens during childbirth happens during childbirth, right? So we have to kind of accept and understand that we can do all that we can to prepare. Um, and then you did your best. And that's great. Like you're taking care of your body. So one of the things that you can do, and this is a great reason to see a pelvic floor PT, even before you give birth, like doing a birth prep mm -hmm. session um, with a pelvic PT can be great because they can have you get into some of the positions you're planning to labor and push in and practice that breathing to feel your pelvic floor kind of drop and let go so that, you know, let's say even down the line, if you do end up getting 
an epidural, if we go to that point and you are really not able to kind of feel what's going on, you've already practiced the breathing. You've already practiced what it's like to let go of these muscles and you know you're doing it right, Mm -hmm. you know, because you've practiced it in these specific positions. So that can be something that you can do definitely like the weeks leading up to your due date or when you give birth. Um, And then perineal stretching is also great. So when you're in the shower, using your thumb, going internally into the um, like kind of vaginal opening, you're not going very far and you're just kind of stretching, pulling away from you. And I always tell people, I want you to be breathing through that, kind of feeling that stretch, getting used to those sensations. But those are all great ways to connect with your pelvic floor. And so it's like kind of the vague hippy-dippy answer, but connect with your pelvic floor yeah. is actually huge. Like I'm that for the vague and the hippy-dippy. It's cool. Right. As long as there's science involved. Like as long as we know there's the backing of science, if you could show mm-hmm. me the study, then I'm all about feeling into it. Because that's totally, really, it's hard, you know, like that's the only sort of way we actually know, right? It's like we don't yes. have the science when we're, it's our own bodies. We need to feel into it. We need to be yeah. connected to our bodies, especially, I mean, this is sort of like another tangent, but I think also as women, we're sort of taught like are down there. We don't even, we're not even taught the right words. We're not taught to embrace it. So like, it's no surprise that women don't know what their pelvic floor is or how to touch it or how to feel it or how to control it or how to be involved with it. So I love for sure invitation to like explore your own body while you're pregnant, before you're pregnant Mm -hmm. and, and get to know yourself. That's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk about it. Like, I want to talk about the, none of that has happened. You have someone listening to this. It's like, cool. That would have been helpful a year ago, um, yeah, yeah, five yeah. years ago or 10 years ago. Uh-huh. What do we do once there is an injury or once there has been neglect, once we haven't nourished, once we're like having some symptoms, there's pain, there's discomfort, there's some consonants. Like, what do we do is there hope? Um, how do how do we address it? What's the answer? Yes, that is, there is absolutely hope, and that is like the biggest thing I love to say because guess what? I did not have hope when I first learned about my pelvic floor stuff, and it is hard. I mean, I think I just want to really highlight the fact that this is emotionally difficult. Mm-hmm. It is difficult, um, and I don't think we give that enough attention. That it is hard being a mom, first of all, and second of all, like you, your body has totally changed and that's completely okay, but you have to learn it, right? You have to learn what's new about your body. Um, I'm sure you've heard this before. I like to say it too. Like once you're postpartum, you're postpartum for life. Mm -hmm. The good news about that is that if you decide to go see, for example, a pelvic floor physical therapist, two weeks in, six weeks in, six months in, a year in, great. If you wait 10 years because life has been crazy and maybe your symptoms come and go, or maybe they've worsened over those 10 years and you just haven't been able to get there, you know what? You're getting there 10 years in and you can still be helped. I have seen numerous patients like that and there's a lot that we can do. That being said, the earlier you go, the better because we can catch your symptoms before they really do impact your quality of life to a point where maybe down the line, you know, I do hear women come in and they're like, gosh, I wish that I'd done this 15 years ago. Right. Cause these injuries you know? and these symptoms are progressive, right? It's not just like if you leak a little now, it's like, it, it's not that that'll be like that for the rest of your life. Cause you'll weaken yeah. the dysfunction sort of your body tries to adapt around it it's mm-hmm. it's it's um it reminds me of the phrase like the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago um the oh second best gosh. time is today like just it's you should of course we should have done it but we can't mm-hmm. know what we didn't know but let's do it now because it is yeah. it's something I tell I, like I was just messaging with my aunt and she was like oh I never knew I was like yeah and also tell my cousin who just had a baby and also like my Amazing. friends from my kids school you know they're we're sledding together in this big snowstorm and somehow I don't know this always happens to me <laughs> everything turns to like birth and and postpartum stuff and just <laughs> me too me too <laughs> like, my husband always like walks up to me at a party and it's like someone's telling me their birth story it's like this is just how it goes but they were all these are like non-birthy moms they're my kids friends moms and they're talking to me about how like one was like brave enough to say that she like pees when 
I don't know when, but she's incontinent. And right. and everybody else was like, oh yeah, no, that happens to me. And I was like, hi, that's not supposed, that's none of this is supposed to be. It doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. And please let me introduce you to every pelvic floor therapist. <laughs> so it's, yes, it's so absolutely to, like take the shame away because it's not really a fun thing to be like, hi, I peed my pants. You know, it's like, yeah, who wants to admit that? That's uncomfortable to talk about. Totally. And I think like, that's a really good point that you made too, that, you know, like it, it can be progressive and it generally is. And, um, it's tough to talk about, but the other thing to keep in mind is that you can find ways to help your condition, whatever it is, specifically if we're talking about like incontinence, Mm -hmm. you can find ways to help with that earlier on in a way that fits into your lifestyle. And I will say like, just to give a different perspective, I went from treating full-time in the clinic. I'm now part-time, but I do work remotely for flight. And we get a lot of women calling into us who, and this is a hard pill to swallow as a pelvic PT, but I am a growing person and I am learning. And the hard pill was like, I just can't make it to pelvic PT. I just can't make it work for me. I've tried it. It's not for me. I didn't feel comfortable. The thing is, is every person is different. And we have like, I think the number is something like 16 million women in the country are dealing with urinary incontinence. So solely urinary incontinence. We're not even talking about all the other pelvic floor health stuff. But there's not enough pelvic PTs out there to treat all of those A and B. There's a lot of women who maybe live far away from some or don't feel comfortable going or have a really busy lifestyle, you know? And I, that was a hard pill for me to swallow. And what I've really learned is we need to find ways to bridge that gap so we can meet women where they are and say, you know what? I get that you're really busy, but let's figure out something that you can do at home Guess what? We have virtual therapy now. We have lots of products and services like what we do at Flight. There's other ones out there that might be a good fit for you as well. Like there's so much out there. What we need to do is we need to collaborate and continue to educate for it because that's just the more we can have resources out there, the more we're going to meet lots of people's needs. And we're going to have women who come, you know, right as after they give birth, they're like, boom, I can start this. And maybe I can't do this other thing right away, but let me just start like practicing my breathing. And guess what? They know how to do that because they have access to like an online guide or like one virtual postpartum session or, or something like at home that you use like a device. I mean, there's so many things out there, but I think there's just a really large net of people who are not getting helped because they don't fit into the category of, I need to go to PT, you know, once a week, or I, it's kind of like that, or they don't do anything, or they think it's normal. And I want there to be more of like, you are a whole person and we can help you wherever you are in life. And that's okay. Wherever you are, you can do something, you know? Yes. Yeah. I really want to talk about the product that you guys have because because everything you just said feels like it fits right into like, cool. So the people who can't access or can't put the time in or don't feel comfortable going and doing this intimate work, like what you guys have developed is it feels really, really, really exciting. And I want you to talk about, I know a little bit, but I'm not the one that knows it. Like, I want you to talk about what you've created and, or it's probably not you personally, but what you're working no. on. And, I'm supporting it. <laughs> and what it does and how it can be helpful to people that are listening that are like, oh, I'm hearing my own story here. So can you talk a little bit about what you guys have made? Totally. So our product is called Flight. Um, and it actually started in Norway. That's where the research originally started. Um, And the researchers were located at the University of Tromso in Norway. And they were actually working with these elite athletes, um, women who were, I believe, alpine skiers. And a lot of them were dealing with stress urinary incontinence. So they're super active, but they're leaking um, during their training sessions. And what ended up happening is many of these women had to travel really far, like as far as four hours to get care. So they were seeing pelvic floor therapists. They had physicians who were trained in this, 
but they were traveling so far and they just didn't have that access, you know, to this care. Mm -hmm. And so these providers at the university were like, uh, we need to figure out something to help these women, you know, really get better faster because they have really high demands in their life. Like they're elite athletes, you know, and a lot of them's have like families at home and have had these histories. So what they came up with is um, flight, which actually uses a certain technology that has not been brought to the pelvic health world in the U S before. And that's called mechanotherapy. So some people might be familiar with like vibration therapy for other muscles. And there's a bunch of research that has come out about that lately, but what mechanotherapy is, I'm going to break it down because that's a scary word, yeah. is basically using like light mechanical pulses or oscillations of a wand that's inserted into the vagina. And that basically adds load to your pelvic floor. So you will do a Kegel paired with these light like pulses. It feels like a really gentle vibration essentially. And you pair a Kegel with that. And what we found is by using that for five minutes per day for an average of six weeks of the program, Based on our clinical studies, we've seen that actually increases or like enhances the impact of your, your standard load of a Kegel by 39 times, wow. which is huge, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then something that day, it just feels so mm-hmm. like I think think about my own life, like five minutes a day feels attainable, you know? Exactly. Yeah, it's like if your clinical study like shows, I mean, 39 times is incredible. But if it shows that for like, if you do it for 90 minutes a day, it's like, well, I'm happy for the people in your yeah. study, but like that's literally never going to happen. Totally. <laughs> exactly. Right. And that's do that while I do Wordle, you know, you could just right. like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Wordle. I'm so glad you brought that into it. Absolutely. <laughs> like five minutes per day, it's doable. And actually our whole product is very simple. We had these plans to make our second generation version like an app, but so many of the women who've been purchasing it and using it and enjoying, like enjoying the results and loving it have told us like, I actually like how simple it is. Like, don't change it. I like how simple it is, which is great, right? Because the wand also has a biofeedback component. So that is a fancy way to say that it basically lights up these little lights on the device, which is just a little like handheld circular thing, basically, that the wand connects to. And it tells you if you're contracting your muscles correctly and if you're relaxing them correctly. So it can kind of cue you to, okay, now is when you squeeze now is when you relax. And so it's basically helping you connect with those pelvic floor muscles, retrain them while adding this load, just like you would like, I kind of make it similar to you have a knee surgery and the big muscle on the top of your thigh, your quad has atrophied or become really weak because you haven't been walking on it for a long time. When you go to PT or if you're at home, what you do is you kind of gradually increase the strength, right? You maybe start adding a weight to your leg and doing some knee extensions. Maybe you start doing some sit to stands, get into squats. Like you gradually load your muscles. We don't have a way to directly load our pelvic floor muscles until this technology has come out. So that's kind of what's really new and unique about it. A lot of people think it's like electrical stimulation, which there's a lot of, and it's actually not that at all, um, which has been interesting for us because no one really knows about mechanotherapy for the pelvic floor. So we're like, all right, how can we explain this in a way that makes sense? You yeah. know, this feels really exciting. I feel excited that I know about this. I want to <laughs> tell everybody that I know, because I like those moms at the snow hill. I want to just be like, cool, I'm going to send you a link. You do it for five minutes. Yeah. It's really easy. Like, just yeah. Because I think there's this like huge, everything we just talked about, like in the beginning of this episode with like, all the reasons why I think those are the barriers and it's it's sort totally. of feels so simple to go like cool you don't actually have to know any of that like just go get this one thing and it's it's five minutes a day yeah. like Adam meditate I feel like I don't know if you can meditate while you're doing it but we could do Wordle you I feel did. like you can handle Wordle <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it just can become a daily practice I have so many questions Robbie do you mind if I just like rapid fire no, rapid fire away please do you need a prescription like how do you actually access is it as easy as just going to a website and clicking how it is as easy as that that's a fabulous question so you don't need a prescription you can just go on the website and purchase um myself being a pelvic pt and our customer care managers also a pelvic pt 
We are here to say that urinary incontinence is not only caused by pelvic floor weakness. It can be caused by tightness. It can be caused by pain. I mean, there's so many factors. Each individual is an individual. I think what makes our company really unique and what we're trying to do is be different. Mm -hmm. And like I talked about is kind of be that in between for women is we provide services called an Ask a PT program. So you can call us. It's on the website anytime. And you talk to Leah, who is fabulous. She's a pelvic PT with several years of experience and she will listen to your story and she will tell you flight is not right for you if it's not right for you she will tell you and we have a growing list of pelvic providers across the country that we refer to we've partnered with a virtual pt practice so we can always refer you there and have you do a combination or just see them Um, we have our own podcast and put out educational resources we are like there to guide you. If we're not right for you, we're not going to tell you to try us. If we think you're a good fit based on, you know, Leah's experience and what she's hearing, then you purchase flight. If you use it and you're not pleased with your results, performance back guarantee. Wow. We take it back. Wow. We do this because we're legitimately trying to reach a large number of the population that this could truly benefit. And the reason we feel confident is because we have two really great clinical studies that we've done and we've got ongoing case studies. We're actually doing case studies in the postpartum population right now. It looks really promising. I was just working on that this morning. Um, So these are really exciting things. Like, do we think that we're the cure all and solution? No, but Personally, I don't think anything is. And I think what we need to do is provide an option that's going to work for a lot of people, but maybe not everyone. And if it doesn't work for you, we're here to help guide you. We're not going to just be like, oh, well, this didn't work for you. Like, good luck. Find your own thing. You know, we're like, hey, we have this thing that we think is really going to work because our clinical studies have had really promising results. We're seeing that show up even in like our everyday women who are purchasing flight we're getting fantastic feedback. So that was really amazing to see because, of course, what happens in a clinical you know, study is not always going to be in the real world application. Of course, yeah. Um, but we are seeing that, which is really, really promising. That's really beautiful. And I just, it's, it's so, the sense I get with everything you just said is like this feeling of like a place to have a soft landing because it's scary as a woman. <laughs> period. It's scary as a woman in the United States maternal health care system, period. But it's also like scary to be a woman who needs help with something that feels sort of like full of embarrassment, not something you want to like ask people or talk about. So it feels like this beautiful thing where you can like reach out to you guys and have someone make an honest assessment because you're not going to say to to take the device or buy the device if you don't think it's a good fit because you want people to keep it and use it and benefit from right. it. And, totally. You know, just It feels so warm and loving and like, <laughs> like a first place to check in, you know, like you're the first stop for if there's, if you have a pelvic floor question or resource, just book that call with a PT. You just get right on the phone with her and she can either refer you to another clinic or another virtual service or help you figure out if that's right. That's, so cool. I love that it's not just a product. It's so much more yeah. than a product. Here's mm-hmm. my other question. Yes. So you're talking about this like six weeks for the clinical studies. And is it something you use for six weeks and then you never use again? Is it something like, how do you know? I guess you know if it's working, if it's like, if you stop peeing yourself. But like, right. when do you know when to stop? You say, I guess, what's the guidance on how to continue after you have it and it's working and it feels good? What happens next? Yeah, that's a fabulous question. So, of course, like as a clinician myself and just our team in general, we don't want to have something that you have to use for life, right? Like that's not actually addressing the root issue. If your pelvic floor tone or weakness is really driving your symptoms, this should help you. Like we should see improvements. And if it's not driving your symptoms and you have to continue using it, there's probably something else going on or you need to have kind of some further guidance. And that's why we have these kind of partnerships with these providers. Um, That being said, we do have some, it's a great timed question because like, I think it was 
maybe three or four weeks ago, we just completed our like two year um, follow up data of our clinical study participants in our US study. So it's been two years since they completed that study. And what we did is we basically followed that up with them over those two years um, to see how their symptoms are doing even two years after they stopped use of flight. So they wow. have not used it since. And what we looked at is to get fancy here, we looked at something called the ICIQ, which is basically just a questionnaire looking at um, their quality of life associated around their like urinary incontinence. So it asks questions about like, you know, is your urinary incontinence impacting your ability to exercise, do your daily activities, your work, your social life, and, and gets into details about that. So what we found, which is really exciting, is that the majority of these participants, they actually, their scores stayed the same, if not even improved a little bit, even two years later after wow. using flight. Wow. And so that is huge because what that helps us realize and what our researchers are kind of you know digesting and figuring out is the changes that we're making at the tissue level and at a cellular level are consistent they're staying consistent two years later so that means there's some like neuromuscular work going on here wow. that we're re retraining those muscles to a point where you're still seeing these improvements stick around two years later. And in my opinion, if you look at that data and you have someone who's using flight at home, plus has access to all of these resources that we try to put out there and point people to, you're hopefully getting your urinary incontinence better. Plus you're learning more about things that you can do for your specific situation because we're trying to point you towards Oh, are you an athlete? Check out these great providers who have these great resources. Right. You know, are you going through menopause? Let's talk about this. Like if we can provide you options to address that kind of pelvic floor weakness that's driving your symptoms and you can continue to grow and learn from there, we're seeing that two years later, just by using flight for those six weeks, you've, you're still improved. That's an enormously big deal. <laughs> Huge. I'm sitting here just floored by all this. I am so excited to know you guys, to know you, Shravia, but like to also know about this that you're working on. Because Be Her Village, like we're sort of in the same, we're working on a research study. We're trying something completely brand new, introducing this idea of like, let's let's switch the way we've been doing it and do something new. And it it's so exciting to meet other people who are doing work that's so impactful. And it's it's the kind of thing that it's like, well, how are you not going? Like, how are you not listening to this? If you have incontinence, how are you not going and buying that right now? Like, I just, there's zero <laughs> risk because if it doesn't work, you send it back. And if it does work mm -hmm. two years from now, you're probably going to still not be, I guess, is continent a word? Continent? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got it. Continent, continent. Like, can you be whelmed, overwhelmed, underwhelmed? Um yeah. And then my next like thought, which we don't have to answer in this podcast, like how do we get this in the hands of every single person that needs it in the mm -hmm. country? And that's, that is the bigger task at hand, but I want to sure. work with you guys on that because that is big. This is a big yeah. thing. Isn't yeah, it? it's amazing that you say that because we, like I said, we're doing these postpartum case studies with pelvic PTs across the country, and we're so fortunate to have some great providers who have been working with us. But we basically have um, been tracking some of, you know, at baseline at six weeks, 12 weeks, continuing on, looking at postpartum women within the first year after childbirth. Um, I think we have a few who go up to three years postpartum, but how they do with use of flight. And our goal is, is can we take this data to like a postpartum care center and say, guys, look, this, this could be something that maybe everyone should go home with, if not with flight, with something that fits into their program if they get an assessment. Like, can we have something that new moms can do realistically at home that is going to prevent me and other public PTs from seeing those women who come in 20 years later and they're like, gosh, I wish someone told me about this yeah. 15, 20 years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. You know? And I wonder, like, what is – we have a lot of pelvic floor PTs that are associated with Beer Village that are in our network that we can share this mm -hmm. with, and they're listening here. Like, how how can pelvic floor PTs learn more about you and get more involved and, and know about your products so that they can possibly recommend it? Uh, I love that question because we – 
love working with clinicians. I'm biased. Um, so is Leah. We love working with pelvic PTs, but we also love working with midwives, OBs, like really anyone who's interested. Um, we, again, are very into collaboration. And so if you ever want to learn more, you can go to our website, www.flighttherapy.com. We have this little tab. It's in the top right corner of our website. It says for healthcare professionals. Um, and we've got a bunch of information that goes into some more of nitty nitty gritty of the clinical studies, um, more about mechanotherapy. And then we've also got um, somewhere that you can contact us. You can also just email me, which is going to be my first and last name um, at pelvitol.com. Like it's something you can go through our website and do. And we are a small but mighty team um, and we're passionate, you know, we're passionate about what we do. We recognize that it's not like the it's not the cookie cutter device company that's out there right now and we're not quite a sole service we're kind of doing something new it's different um but we want to collaborate with healthcare providers you know different because what we're doing isn't working right oh my gosh you're so right isn't working so we need passionate smart creative people to start a new thing and i think that's part of why this all feels so good um to work together on this and to share this with our community because it's it's what we're doing and the people that are working with beer village as practitioners and the parents and families that are using us are think they want something new they're a little they're done Mm -hmm. with the old as well yeah totally and we love like working with providers i mean we honestly are open with working with anyone because again, we just want to be a part of the community and, and contribute to it. And so, you know, ideally, and again, this is my bias speaking, but ideally like every postpartum woman or every woman period would see a pelvic health PT. Right. And in an ideal world, that would be the case. And unfortunately it's not, but if we can continue to encourage the women we're calling us, which is going to be a different audience, maybe from those who are seeking out physical care from PTs. If we can encourage more of an overlap to happen and get more screening to occur, like that's such a huge leap. And that's fantastic. I love it. Well, I am so grateful for your time and for you coming on here and sharing this work. And I want to be part of it. I want to support it however I can, because this is, this is important stuff and it feels you had me at five minutes a day. I'm like, okay, five minutes, I can handle that. Um, we're going to put all of your contact information in, you know, show notes and links and all the things. But can you tell people who are listening and aren't looking at any of that how to find flight, how to find you? Where where can someone who wants to know more get in touch? Yeah, absolutely. So our website is just flighttherapy.com. Um, and we've got a lot of great content and articles on there. Um, not solely about stress, urinary incontinence. Uh, Leah and I write articles about all sorts of things, pelvic health related. Um, and then we are on Instagram and um, we're at, at flight therapy is our handle on Instagram. And we are, like I said, small and mighty, but we are really growing our resources. Um, we also have a pelvic floor at its core podcast. That's the title of it. And we interview all sorts of pelvic docs and pelvic experts in like bite-sized episodes um, about really anything just to get more education out there. And then we also are on YouTube. We're like on all the platforms. Um, and we have some great like short videos on there that can talk about all sorts of things, pelvic floor as well. Beautiful. All right. And that's just to clarify, it's F-L-Y-T-E. Yes, oh, you're so right. We should clarify that. <laughs> the people are listening, Shavia. They don't know. You're so right. You're so right. It's f l y t e therapy dot awesome. and then Pelvitol is the name of our company, and we are P E L V I T A L. But if you look up flight therapy, you'll find us. It's kind of confusing. Look up flight therapy. I love it. Thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you also for this work. It's so great to have people, you know, we could work on anything. And I love when people choose to work on making things better for mothers. Oh my gosh. Well, same here. I mean, I just like love Be Her Village and have told everyone about it because I think what you're doing and your whole team is just amazing. So it is fabulous to meet you and do this. And thank you for your time. Yes, of course. It is so my pleasure. Awesome. I love it.